This is Women's Power to Heal, Mother Earth, with Maya Tiwari. Hello. Today I'd like to talk about our relationship to the word and to the nature of community. Community is often described as a feeling of fellowship with each other, resulting from shared commonalities of attitudes and goals and interests. Many refer to it as the sense of community organized by religion or belief systems. In the dictionary, it is said that the community is a social unit, a group of living things with commonalities such as norms, values, customs, identity, religion, and that a community may share a sense of place situated in a given geographical area, village, a town, a city, or a neighborhood or in virtual space through communication platforms. Oh, but we would love to know that the community is far more than our shared systems and interests and even values. More than just human beings huddling together in a spirited and like environment, like spirited environment, we can say, it is a biological community that we're talking about. What is a biological community? Well, it's groups interacting of various species in the common location. For example, a forest of trees and the undergrowth of plants inhabited by animals and rooted in the earth containing all sorts of microorganisms. But honestly, what is a community? One of the reasons we have myriad descriptions for this word community is because the real community have been lost to us. So much in the last few centuries we have denigrated and diminished the value of communal living. And I don't mean communal places that are hidden and out of the way and off the grid. All of that is very good, but I'm talking about the human community. A community must be more than just like interests and goals. It must be much more than a biological community. It has to be a spiritual community or what we call in the Vedas an eco-community. Now the Vedic culture, which is very ancient, holds that the tree, the forest, nature, is within us. It is not just something that we live with and commune with. In the sense of ecology, the ancient Vedas have been so much more than we can appreciate today in our fractured community life. For instance, the sacred tree is more than a metaphor in the community of life. The Vedas 
which is the Vedic science that is the organon of ancient wisdom from the rishis. Perhaps we can call them the world's greatest physicists and cosmic scientists. This organon of knowledge handed down to us tells us that ecology exposes the existence of life on earth, that life is connected in circuity, ever flowing, ever generating, entirely interdependent, meaning every species, each form of life, and indeed every grain of sand, that no part of life, be it the forest, the water, earth, air, can survive without the interdependency on the ecological system as a whole. So the earth, so to the animal kingdom, so the animal kingdom, so to the forest, so the human relationship to Mother Earth. And therein lies our most essential truth and our greatest challenge. Human beings are the most complex organism on Earth. We are likened in the Vedas to the tree, which roots is in the sky and head on the earth. We are the upside down tree with the roots in the sky and branches in the earth. Imagine that posture. So much of our yoga philosophy is based on the ecology of life. The most sacred of our elements in the human form is compared to the immortal tree. There is a tree called the Ashwatha. Literally, it means where the horses stood. In fact, if it were to be broken down, the word, the Sanskrit word, means that which does not have the same thing tomorrow, in that all of life is ever-changing in our universe. This universe, which is, in fact, the upside-down tree. The human. The tree pose in the yoga asanas, called Vrikshasana, is a balancing posture. It is one of the few standing postures in the medieval text for yoga. And it remains popular today in yoga practice. Shirsa asana is the headstand in yoga, which emulates the Ashwatha tree. The Ashwatha tree you may know as the Banyan tree, the tree under which Buddha supposedly gained his enlightenment. And in this Ashwatha tree, where we're standing in Shirsa Asana, meaning our head to the floor and our feet up into the sky, it emulates the way that the universe flows into us. Such a beautiful image to hold in the mind. Because the next question is, what does this have to do with our awareness and community? Communal living is much more than like-spirited people seeking to be off the grid and living in an organic uh, forest, planting organic foods and 
isolating ourselves from the rest of the world. Although if that be our choice, that is also good. But a thriving community, a community that will feed the earth, a community that will nourish each and every child on earth, a community that will fill the heart of every person regardless of our circumstance, that community has to be the entirety of our living with nature, living within nature. That was the original word, meaning of the word community. An example in the Vedas, but where planting trees is still a great act of charity in that culture. Each village in ancient days was responsible through its panchayat, or a committee of five elders. Imagine the elders, community, they go together. The elders are the core of the community because they are the wisdom keepers, and they are the ones who hold the various communities together because they are also in seva, which is, as a sevaka, selfless service to humanity to the good of that community, to the welfare and objective nobility of the community. This panchayat, or the committee of five elders, is usually maintained in the forest locality, and no village was without its corresponding woodlands in and about the homes. There are various forms of committee in the ancient Vedas that we must reinvoke back into our culture today. And I'll tell you why we must, why community rebuilding this echo community in every community, in every neighborhood, in every culture, in every country. Why is this so important? Because without it, we are disintegrated, disintegrating into the mental plane, a climb that is endlessly futile when it comes to the use of the mind. The mind, so many things, millions of programs, millions of gadgetry, millions of programming, millions of therapy, perhaps thousands, not millions, but who knows, in time there will be millions of therapy, and yet nothing brings us back to the whole core of our whole sense of balance and harmony, regardless. Because we are depending on the mind. Everything is a mental act. Studying is a mental act. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm saying the inundation of it all we have to read these lessons in order to get the therapy. We have to go through and write these actions before we get to the therapy. And then we have to do the therapy. And then we do all these practices. And yes, the practices are wholesome, but how many practices can we force into the ethos of one day? All of it is mental. But we forget that the mind is not self-awareness, that the mind itself does not have a self-aware guide. 
that we are the self-aware guide guiding the mind and it's not the other way around. So processing everything that we consider a solution to our ailments and diseases and disorders and despair through the mind, including our education through the mind, including all the processes we have to do through the tired and tiresome mind, how is that going to ever rebuild even a sense of wellness? Don't you see? The community, the echo community, living with nature, the water, the fire, the sky, the, the forest, the earth, the animals, incorporating all of it into the well-being of how we live and breathe, our food, our breath, our sound, into daily life. Yes, many different hundreds, millions of communities, but all based on the same principle of the Panchayat, where the elders are core of the community, holding truth, holding nobility, holding the dignity of humanity together in each and every. It does not have to be wealthy communities. There can be commerce in these communities. We do not go back to the Stone Age, but we build with the science of life. We go back to the ancient science that were the architects of all newer sciences. And let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of community that were cited in the Vedas, much of which still exist in India, although diminishing daily. The Shrivan is the form of groves of particular kind of trees, such as the mango tree. Many such groves were given to the temples in the distant past and have been kept up for endless generations. The Shrivan where these groves serve many purposes. They provided fruits and flowers and timber products, but cut down and felled in very harmonious ways to the life of men. They provided shelter for the animals and the grazing cows. Such a sacred grove survive in some places, rem reminding us of ancient ways. But they are part and parcel of the eco-community we must build again today. They also provided space for both humans and wildlife, with refuge from encroaching the development of housing, roads, modern buildings, agriculture, whatever. The symbol of the tree is more than a symbol, like the Ashwath or Banyan tree. They stand as silent symbols for our spiritual roots in humanity, often quoted in the Vedas. In the Katha Upanishad, the Lord of Death, Yama, tells us that this eternal banyan tree, whose root is above and whose branches are downward, is a symbol of our immortality and our consciousness, indeed our interdependence with sky and earth and everything in between. In the Bhagavad Gita it is said that the Ashwa tree has its roots upward and its branch downwards again, 
and the leaves are the Vedic hymns, and they can be your hymns, my hymns, and everyone's hymns, because they were the cosmic hymns. And the one who knows the tree, this tree, this configuration of the tree, as in the Ashwath, is the knower of knowledge. So it is time for us to rebuild our grove and interrelationship with all of nature, not excluding any part of it. Like the human family, the trees also have a dynamic relationship with each other in the communal whole of the forest. And across all the forests in the world, they support and cooperate and have cooperation with each other. They also have rivalry and experience angst, sadness and social inadequacies as well. Indeed, there is this monstrous carnivorous among their midst that penetrates fear into the thickness of woods. Many such monsters. <laughs> and sickness also exists within the forest commune. Trees like the elm and cottonwood, the ash and aspen, can become sickened and begin to ooze what is called slime flux onto the sacred ground. Trees are also sophisticated and intelligent, just like our sophisticated and intelligent body in humanity. They also have the proletariats and the elitists in the system of it all. Their blessing is that they are standing transfixed, whereas we are allowed to move and create damage elsewhere or wherever the feet thread. But most of all, we are to remember that the wholesome and positive relationship of the forest is above all cooperation with each other. They do this by sending, as we know in modern science now, exploring what the Vedas have told us so many thousands of years ago, that they send out their hormonal, their vibrational, their electrical signals. Not only do they communicate with their incredible vast network underground, they send pheromones and other scent signals through the air. Nikola Tesla says it simply. What we now want is closer contact and better understanding between individuals and communities all over the world. And the elimination of pride and ego, which is always prone to plunge the world into primeval barbarism and strife. He continues by saying, Peace can only come as a natural consequence of universal enlightenment. And I dare say that that universal enlightenment comes from rebuilding each and every community to its interrelationship with nature, what we may call the echo community. 
but not the eco-community that we are seeing built with all sorts of fragile and unnatural building materials and unnatural environment of just people and their goals and ambitions and egos and cooperating with each other to the common value and good of their goals, that alone is not enough. Food for one must be food for all. A life filled with pranic energy must be a life filled with pranic energy for everyone. And regardless of our financial and economical status, regardless of our status of birth, a community must include everyone. Our poor, our disabled, our disgruntled, our pleasing, our affluent, our knowledgeable, our ambitious, all of, all of it must be included in the community because the radar for this community, the absolute divination that keeps it all in a state of balance while it's in a state of flux and then back into a state of balance are the elders. There is no community that can yield us the goodness, the richness and luxury of a humane life without the elders. And if we have to unearth them to bring them back, we must do so. Because they are still alive and they are still in our culture. And there is still a semblance of wisdom left upon this earth that we must pull from and not put them on a pedestal because they are the ones that walk barefoot onto the earth and bear the brunt of the journey for all of us. Science is only now discovering a little tiny bit portion of what the ancient ancestors knew. What the Vedic culture tells us and what is still alive in the wisdom that informs us. Because we have a self-organizing intelligence and wisdom within each one of us. And just like the incredible way that a tree can communicate with each other. And they are also involved in the struggles and death-defying traumas. The wise elders are still there to feed their saplings and to send the messages across the underground network that is way more sophisticated than anything 5G can build and definitely supports the earth rather than destroys the earth like 5G. It is said that the food chain in the forest begins with the, sun en- the sun's energy arriving from its fresh, from its 33 million miles, eight-minute journey across the solar system. Imagine that. 
as in nature and in the human world, we have both predators and prey. And they're positioned along the way of the food chain, as in the animal kingdom. We build a community and learn our interrelationship with nature again, with the elders in the center of it all. And we are going to be able to keep and maintain the equanimity that is necessary to start breathing and intuiting the wisdom that Mother Earth is always giving us. We stand in Sirsa Asana. We stand with our head on the ground and our feet in the air like the great banyan tree positioned upside down for human consciousness understanding. And we are then going to be able to listen to the earth. And through the meridians of our feet, we are going to bring in this vibrational wisdom from the higher ethers that once again bring back awareness, life, living in the dignity and bliss of Mother Nature. Peace be your journey, and thank you for listening. <laughs>